BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, you're listening to Subtalk. Yeah, you're listening to the new every other week format that we're doing, which is kind of like what a regular podcast is like. It's not the interviews. The interviews are happening every other week, and this George, is like the in-between. We're all grown up now. <laughs> um, I don't know what that's in reference to. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're like a fancy podcast now. Oh, we well, have, you, like... yeah, we've been around almost two years. It'll be two yeah. years pretty soon. Uh, yeah. And we're also joined as per usual on this format by our producer in residence in Berkeley, Will Scoville. Howdy. We, met, we, are, we are monocoastal, but we are bilateral. What is we, the right? Longitudinal? We're in three, three different cities. Yeah. But on the three, same coast. Yeah, all in the same, same state. state. Same yeah. state. For now. Bi- we'll see. <laughs> we're bipolar. We're north yeah. or south. Uh, what are we going to talk about today on the show? There's lots. We got lots to cover. Oh, yeah. yeah, we got we got some more tickled news. Tickled just keeps coming back. It oh, never this stops. Is, this I is know. huge news. I love this it. Huge. Can I? Can I? Before we get into, I love it, it. Can we? Before we get into our tickled news, I have to say, like the amount of people that have come to me and said, a, they love the band Yacht, and they're so thrilled and surprised that we're able to sit down with them and talk to them because they're like rock stars. And B, how many people love Tickled? And also, how many people had to stop watching it in the middle and like gain their composure and watch it like the next day? I, oh, I, wow. I never, I didn't feel that. Did you guys feel I didn't that either. Uh, I didn't have to stop it, but I guess I was a little bit prepped. Like I'd seen the trailers. I had some idea where it was going. So I don't know if that's what it definitely is the kind of thing where uh, you I mean, what's the last movie that I feel like when we did uh, Deep Water, that was also an equal amount of like, what the fuck moments? (laughs) Yeah, I really wish Deep Water had gotten more hype. It's a really good documentary. Yeah. Well, that that fictional version, the Crowhurst story is going to come out soon, too. So right. Maybe bring some attention back to it. But, like, yeah, uh-huh. as I can't imagine the fictional version with Colin Firth being better than Deepwater. Uh, but, yeah, so the big news related to Tickled, uh, we, you know, we, we talked about Tickled, we talked about Tickle King. When we recorded, that was still February that we recorded uh, our interview with uh, Yacht. And since then, I believe, I'm trying to dig up the actual date, there's an obituary for mm. the titular Tickle King. <laughs> uh, nice. As the alleged t- Tickle King, uh, as far as we can tell, uh, David D'Amato. Yes. Dead at 55. R.I.P. Dead at 55. R.I.P. March 13th. David yeah. D'Amato, mm. the, the, tick, the subject of the documentary Tickle, died suddenly, in quotes, on March 13th. A week after our episode dropped. <laughs> That's yes. what I would right. say. Exactly, right. a week after. And there's a note, uh, David Ferrier and Dylan Reeve put up a note on their website, uh, you know, 
saying, look, well, this was a man who uh, we had a contentious relationship with, but we would like to respect his privacy and that of his family. Uh, and you know, it's, it was a very just, uh, nice. You yeah. know, they, they, you know, he was the type of guy who they they could have, and their you know interaction with him, like they could have taken it like, awesome, great, he's gone, like no other people will suffer. But it was a real, really nice uh, note for someone's passing. Uh, yeah. I thought at I least. Mean, yeah, I mean, they're still Kiwis; they're not like rude people. Um, right, right. But it is like it is weird to because okay, what implication died suddenly, mm-hmm. where this huge secret about him has been revealed to the world i'm assuming that means suicide what do you guys yes that's what that's what i thought you, as uh, well. that's, a, that's um, the implication yeah i mean it was it's in quotes died suddenly it's like it's either that or heart attack but generally it would say uh you know uh of natural causes or you know yeah mm, yeah maybe will will seems to be skeptical of this well theory. i mean now that you say that like um well, what, well what, what did you think? What did you think, Will, when you saw that this had happened? Well, he I mean, he, like a, it could he, be a heart attack. He, he That's didn't true. look like a very healthy guy. That's um, a good point. No. He seemed like he had a fighter fighting. Uh, he had the will to fight inside of him, though. Like, he right. seemed like he was going to fight legally against as many things as he could. I um, mean, do you, how, how, how much do you think he went outside and, like, oof. He, like he's always doing this stuff, like... Yeah. Right, like just the the fact that he had to make it all the way to California, he got one of those leg <laughs> thrombosises or something. He got one of those airplane <laughs> thrombosis. Oh, right, right. Um, it, it really, it really, I don't know. I mean, it's morbid, I guess, but no more morbid than, you know. I, I, I do. Do you feel bad about thinking bad things about him because of this? I don't necessarily no. think any. And he, I don't, it, it does humanize him. And in the way the film, they try to have some human element and try to understand this guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't feel bad that he has died suddenly. I mean, there's, there's consequences to, to your, to actions, you know, and, and if he did a bunch of bullshit to people, then, you know, I don't feel bad about that. It's, it does suck that it seems like he had a fairly tortured life, which, you know, right. But I don't feel particularly bad. Um, However, what I will say is I think that they showed a lot of class, um, you know, uh, in what they wrote about him, David Ferrier and Dylan Mm -hmm. Reeve. These guys seem like they have lots of fucking class, which I really respect that. Right. Uh, The letter that they wrote was very sweet and it was poignant. And they even, I mean, they even have a little bit of humor when they said we met a man who came out swinging, so to speak. I mean, I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus, these guys are great. I, I, I just think they have yeah. a lot of class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they even uh, mentioned, like, even before he died, that, you know, he came out and he complimented the movie in a couple spots. Yeah. You know, that, that, and they even mentioned that in that little note. They said, like, he complimented us where he thought the movie was good. He defended himself, you know. Um, you know, kind of treated him as a worthy adversary instead of just mm-hmm. like, you know, dragging his name through the mud, you know, which yeah. I, the documentary has already done, you know, if they're right. going to do any of that. So I'm just wondering. Yeah, I'm wondering 
is this the end of Jane O'Brien Media? Right. Is this going to stop? And if it doesn't, then who Whoa. who is taking over? Where's yeah. the money coming from? Right. And is Kevin I mean, Clark going to show up again and yeah. and be like? Turns out he's got more uh, vested in this. Uh, clearly, he does. But uh, have but like we well, yeah, is Jane O'Brien going to end? Is the tickling cell going to end because this guy is gone? That's a question that I'm wondering. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's assumed that if this was the kingpin of all this, then yes. It's yeah, cause, I mean, unless he's... Well, I don't know. Do you think he would have written a will of any sort to hand over that? And, like, who would they be making those videos for? Because remember right. the doc, like, there was no talk about these things like going public. Right, right. Um, or making any money off of them. Oh, mm-hmm. that does also remind me. I, I, I think I put a link to this, but I can put a link in the show notes. Kevin Jones, a uh, journalist over KQED, posted a great story about how in the 90s he was courted by Terry Tickle. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's actually <laughs> where I read that D'Amato had passed away. It was like in the last paragraph of that article. I was like, huh. what? Wait, I didn't know about this. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but Kevin didn't get that far in it. He sent like audio recordings of himself getting tickled. Um, he, you know, got some money, and then he like left for college and like shut down his email account. And then he got like an email from Terry Tickle like a couple months into college, being like, "I still know how to find you." But then it didn't just it didn't go any further. Somehow he was lucky enough to have uh, maybe not maybe he didn't didn't respond or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he got a couple of gifts, and then he just didn't go all the way right. into the uh, into the world or have enough where where uh, Terry Tickle held anything over him. Right. The well, amount of embarrassment guess, level was low enough. Well, I guess if if he has audio only, is that what he, is that what he said? That there was. Uh, I'll, I'll send you the link. I'm pretty sure he said he only did audio. He had a photo of himself, and Terry was very interested, and then. Asked him as a compromise because he wasn't willing to go on videotape. Also, it was the '90s. It was like a little harder to uh, have a you know you, you access had a, to yeah you had to get, to get a, get a camera, camera and then mail yeah, a mail tape. A VHS tape to someone. Yeah. Uh, so he, I think the compromise was how about I give you like a hundred bucks for audio. Hmm. Mm. So, well, I was just reading this subreddit about the uh, David Diamato death, and people aren't really sure it's not a, another prank or another That's, sidestep. Right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, an official obituary doesn't. Uh, that that implies that. Well, you can pay for an obituary, but you, guess, you also but it's pretty illegal to fake your own death. Also. <laughs> well, so we'll see what happens in the next yeah. installment of Tickled. Like it's a play for it's a ploy for some sympathy, <laughs> right? Oh God, that's awful. <laughs> Who uh, knows what'll happen in two weeks? Yeah. Right? I know people that have faked their own death before, though. Really? So. You do? I know, well, I don't know him very well. There's this one guy who's kind of a famous Oakland guy. He's like this Korean dude who will like rap at you on the on the Bart tracks, and he's awesome. kind of just popped up all over the America. Maybe back in t- I want to say it was like 2007, he faked his own death. Uh, <laughs> And unfortunately, well, you know, there's a lot of problems with it, but uh, it was right. He, he faked his own death around the same time someone else died, like, in a fire in Oakland that was, like, in the same kind of scene. So people were real mm. mad at him about it. And you'll still see him around. Uh, you'll see him around wow. Oakland on his bike. Just, like, he's just, like, one of these 
character people. I don't know what his men- if he's got a mental illness or he just is like super super exhibitionist. His name's Eugene Lee. If you look up Eugene Lee fake death, you will see. I'm sure you guys, I'm, I'll send you a link of a photo of this dude. You guys have definitely seen this guy around. Probably. Like he'll just be rapping at you on Bart without a shirt on. Awesome. Like old pants. Uh, yeah, he's a character. But anyway, not the same thing as right. David D'Amato uh, potentially faking his own death. That's a stretch, but uh, it's Reddit, you know, so take that with the grain of Reddit salt. <laughs> right, right, right. Everything on there has. Um, but yeah. But anyway, yeah, the Kevin Jones article, worth looking at also. KQD, and I'll put a link. Cool. Right. What's next? Uh, so, George, uh, moving on, you, we talked about this in the last episode. Uh, you went and saw Adam Curtis uh, in yes, LA. Yes, I did. He was doing a three-day uh, weekend of programming at CineFamily. A lot of the early ones sold out. Like, he was doing a, a talk on the Friday night and then showing Starship Troopers with the screenwriter of Starship Troopers. Sweet. Yeah, unfortunately, missed out on those. So the only thing I we were we were free and we could get the ticket was the Sunday night show, which was uh, Brian De Palma's blowout, mm. and Adam Curtis introducing it. And uh, so yeah, he didn't say very much. It was only maybe like five minutes before the beginning of blowout, oh, and okay. also he ceded part of his time to Jonathan Lethem, the author mm. was oh, there. Wow. So they cool. kind of together talked about how much they love Blowout. He talked about how uh, it's, uh, in his mind, a great conspiracy movie. Um, the most I've been able to figure out about Adam Curtis, uh, he wrote something, uh, I can put a link to it. He wrote this essay about how self-expression is just like, kind of like not helping defeat anything. Uh, <laughs> self-expression is sort of like a neutered form of rebellion. Uh, which he does talk about in hypernormalization. Right. He, he touched on it a little bit in this uh, talk at CineFamily. Uh, also, there's a very, very good interview. If you're going to listen, I would like to recommend other podcasts because mostly you should spend your time with us. But uh, mm-hmm. there's a good talk on TalkHouse. I'm not that into all of the TalkHouse interviews because it's basically two famous people interviewing each other. Mm. But this is a really good one. It's Tim Heidecker. Mm. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a really good one. Uh, I'll put a link to that also. Cool. And he really I, like, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, you know, like like it really explains a lot more about Adam Curtis. Uh, I, you know, I, I I was really curious about this dude. I haven't seen any of his other films, but um, it made definitely made me want to and kind of understand his uh his style and his philosophy about editing as a form of writing. And like mm. you know, uh, his generation and, and like just his thoughts on like how America is. He just has he thinks America. We just did this to ourselves, basically, right? <laughs> Which is true. So yes. um, yeah, but it's like he doesn't exactly have like any answers for anyone. He's not like gonna Michael Moore like have like an actual answer for you. Um, yeah, I guess I was just trying to like. Uh, trying to figure out, like, I'm like, is he left wing? Is he libertarian? Know, is, what, is, what is his angle on it? But he seems like a dude who uh, is just like came out of this Thatcher world. I mean, he's mm-hmm. like, I guess, in, what, is he like 50 ish? I think he's he, in Heidecker, maybe in the same, same age bracket. Uh, that was really interesting hearing those guys talk to each other because they are both so 
what Heidecker does is so based on editing also. Like, the humor in Tim and Eric is so uh, media-oriented and, like, format-oriented, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Paco, have you seen Blowout? I have, yes, I have seen Blowout. It's been a long time, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'd seen bits of it before. I'd never seen the entirety in a theater. John Lithgow is a heavy... Uh, John yeah. Lithgow is in a lot of Brian De Palma movies as a mm -hmm. heavy, apparently. Right. Uh, and, like, Jonathan Latham, I've never actually read any Jonathan Latham, but he had some interesting notes about Blowout. Like, he's like, it's basically like there's three films happening. There's, like, a meta film that opens it that's, like, kind of like your stalker slasher movie. Yeah. Then there's, like, the film itself, and then there's, like, the film within the film that is uh, Travolta trying to piece it together. Yeah. Right. And, Brian and then all the one of my favorites. Yeah. We I, this actually made me really want to see the De Palma documentary because it's like it's it's so good, but it's so there's like a lot of misogyny and <laughs> that runs right. through all De Palma. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, he is like the new Hitchcock, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, he really took he took that part of Hitchcock and blew it up, you know. Well, if you watch like um, Body Double, that's yeah. yeah, very it's I his version of Rear. Rear window. Yeah. And he's all about um, doppelgangers, too. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, there's, like, doppelgangers in Blowout that I didn't re really remember. To the point I'm like, oh, are there three Nancy Allens in this movie? Right. <laughs> well, and Dress to Kill, which is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we should just do that to Palma Doc, it sounds like. It's really good. Do. Yeah. No, yeah, I really love Blowout. And I was like, I, I wish I could have seen that up on the big screen. I've never seen it on the big screen. I think oh, it was okay. a print because it was pretty grainy. Oh, really? Say. Yeah, the Cine family is doing all this programming that's like anti authoritarian programming through the end of May. Mm. It's oh, like cool. they're showing like Pink Floyd The Wall. They're showing a mix of docs and like, you know, like They Live and things like that. Oh, Just like cool. the, the resistance film programming. Um, so shout out to Cine family. I'm not a member and I can't, I've only been there twice in a year. But the programming is really good over there. And like them bringing Adam Curtis over to do this weekend of stuff was a pretty smart, interesting move on their part. Absolutely, so. yeah. So, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Um, cool. Paco. Yeah. You've been, uh, did you been revisiting Making a Murderer? I have, yes. Uh, in anticipation for Making a Murderer Season 2, which apparently is coming in, I guess, later 2017. Um, mm. and it's just, I mean, it's one of my favorite documentaries. It's, it's the series is in my top 10 of all the documentaries I've seen. It's just, I feel like it's perfect. Like as a debut for these filmmakers, you couldn't get a more perfect debut. I, I love, right. I love this series so much. And, um, it's about a year ago that we talked to Red Scott about it, right? About a year ago? Yeah. Um, and yeah. which is also, if people want to uh, go back and listen to that episode, it's really great. We talked to podcaster yeah. Red, and comedian Red Scott about making a murder. But yes, there is so much I feel like I kind of probably missed the first time around. Because, uh, I mean, I've seen it, I saw it twice, but um, without hindsight, especially about, you know, Brent, about Brandon Dassey. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He got out. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, being released and. Like, what's he up to now? And some of the stuff that the prosecutor has, like, the prosecutor's been going on tour and talking about uh, making a murder um, and, and, like, about, you know, how the defense hid evidence and all this other crazy shit. And then as we also... That's right. Yeah, yeah well, he was, like, also, like, 
kicked out because of his weird sexual texts and stuff. He was hmm. sending the to, prosecutor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he told this like one defendant like he would help her if she sent him nude pictures and stuff. <laughs> so you know, um, I just put that episode up on YouTube. Also, what's that? That's one of the ones. Oh, that, that our, the making our episode. I put it up on YouTube. Oh, awesome. So yeah, some of That's our right, episodes yeah. are up on YouTube. Just if you want another. Way to, to check out the show. That's right. We have a SupDoc I mean, YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, putting the more popular ones up. That's kind of what the... I can't put all of them up. Right, like, right, right. We're at 53. Yeah. yeah. That's too many. It's too many. That would be one year if we were doing this once a week. That would have been like a year's worth of shows. Right. We're not yeah. doing that much. Yeah, it's too yeah. many. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what I like uh, about this making or murderer too is that the filmmakers, uh, Maura Demos and Laura... Ricaldi, something like mm-hmm. that. Excuse me, it, folks, if that's a mistake. Greek, you can hit, Italian, yeah. You can hit us up on our Facebook page with any corrections. <laughs> um, but like, they're keeping what they're filming this t- next time around pretty secret. Uh, they apparently <sighs> said that even the people of Netflix don't know what the details are going to be. They're keeping it under wraps. Wow. People uh, of Netflix. The people of Netflix, yeah. So it's, <laughs> I don't know, it's very exciting. They're very talented filmmakers, so I'm really excited to see what they have next. So I wanted to, like, kind of like what yeah. I'm doing with Game of Thrones. I'm also watching, rewatching last season in preparation. Oh, right. For Game of Thrones. I'm very gotta, excited. Yeah, some of us don't have 10 hours to just uh, <laughs> catch up, re- I just, you know what? It's, I, make, I make room for it in my life. I get up early. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm so behind on everything, I feel like. I'm behind in every show that I would be normally watching and I'm behind in like all the docs that I would like to be up on. So Absolutely. Yeah. But you also um, have, you have a job. Yeah, I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I've, I might have three jobs. Oh. I applied for... Yeah. Uh, okay, you guys, cross your fingers for me because I applied it. for a great job, which is there is a cat cafe in L.A. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they need, like, a marketing person. Oh. I'm like, could I be... Uh, like, I will... I would do it for minimum wage. Perfect. I would be yes. the marketing guy for a cat cafe. <laughs> it's for perfect for, for you. Because I also like cannot have a cat in this apartment. So oh, it would really? be like we just actually it was the night we saw Adam Curtis. We were walking back from Cine Family on Melrose and I was like, What? There's kittens in this window? Oh, this is a cat cafe and I just like bonded with these kittens and then I went back and like had to look up like what's going on. Oh, they're hiring, great. So Oh. That would be like my fourth job. If you count this as a job. Yeah. Uh, that would oh, be my okay. fourth job. That's, I just applied to an ad agency, so I'm also cross your, crossing those fingers. Yeah. As I think we all need more. <laughs> Look, this doesn't pay the bill. This is a great time to bring up <laughs> Patreon, probably. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It is. <laughs> Let's tell them about Patreon. Let's make this a real job for all of yeah, us. Like, exa- oh, that would be let's awesome. Let's make this our... Yeah, we well, could, we I, I was trying to figure it out because, like, it this show does. I was trying to figure out if it takes more to do the show because of the coordination and like mm-hmm. the research. But I'm trying to think, like, if I were going to write an essay about a documentary, that would maybe take me the two hours to watch it, like three hours to write it, and maybe editing. And that's like this, but then times three because we all yeah. watch it. And we all have like thoughts about it, and then we have to schedule ourselves to do it. Yes. Well, then I have to I have to listen to it like two or three times at least. Yeah, um, you have the worst job. <laughs> Will, <laughs> Will has the worst job. Will He's doing what the listener is doing times three. Yes, he has yeah. to listen to us and edit, which is not easy. 
Yeah, and I've been yeah. pulling a lot of stuff out lately. Um, it's <laughs> but it's all ending though. up on Patreon. Yeah. It's right, all right. ends up on Patreon. We use nuggets. all the buffalo, you guys. It's all right. the buffalo. Go to patreon.com slash podcast. And if you have any spare money, even a buck a month, please donate. We would love it. Yeah, yeah just, we got a, a bunch of cool stuff. We got some, uh, like we said, outtakes from uh, some episodes that we're putting up, some cool stuff. Um, we got a couple prizes we'll send you in the mail. Um, and we're going to think of some more stuff that yeah. we can put up there as well. I mean, I think we're going to try live streaming. And it, next time we're all in a room together, let's try a live stream. Most That's definitely. my theory. That would be fun. Um, and also, yeah, we also want to know like what you think. I mean, we have the survey also. I'd say take the survey. That also helps us decide like what documentaries we're going to cover. Yeah. Because right. there's, a, there's a little area you can type it in. And it just helps us figure out like what you're interested in. And what you like about the show and what you don't like about the show. You we know, need all the feedback. One thing I would love, too, is for SupDoc listeners, if you have a doc that you have watched and you want, you have opinions about it, tape yourself on your phone or on your computer and send it to us. And we, oh, yeah. we'll put it up on one of our episodes because we're all about like talking about docs. We want to hear what you have to say as well. So I think if you just watch the doc and you have some thoughts and opinions, just record it and send it to us. SupDocPodcast yeah, yeah. at gmail.com. Yeah, we can just put them in, we can cut them into this show. Yeah. Uh, this oh, every yeah. other week show. That's a perfect place to put it. Yeah. So, yeah, give us your thoughts and opinions about whatever you're watching out nice. there. Um, nice. Yeah, so, yeah, Subduck Podcast, uh, Patreon. Do it, support. Yeah. Yay. Um, let me tell you guys what next week is going to be about because I, I don't know if everyone's seen this movie. It just came to Netflix. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a one-on-one interview with Matt Ornstein, who is a director of Accidental Courtesy. And, uh, Will, you've seen part of this? I've seen about half of it. I had to turn it off um, to go take care of some... I'm, I'm a busy guy. Yeah. Um, I have nine jobs. Jesus. Three um, podcasts, nine jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I got to watch a little bit of it. It was very interesting. Yeah. Um, and and it it's very, very well shot. Yeah, it's um, it's a subject that I'm very interested in, that I read a lot about, um, and so it, I was not expecting that when I when I kind of stumbled into it. Oh, you didn't uh, know what it was going to be about exactly. Nope. nope. Yeah, you thought it was going to be a biography of this blues musician. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paco, do yeah. you know anything about this movie? I, I mean, I know a little bit. I've read a few reviews, and I've I okay. read up. I have not seen it, but it's also, I kind of feel like it's interesting. It's Daryl Davis, right? Daryl Davis, yeah. So the story, it's mostly, a, it's a movie about Daryl Davis, who is an African-American musician based in D.C., who, f- since the 80s, has been befriending members of the KKK mm. and other white nationalist groups. And his kind of goal is to befriend these hate group people and eventually get them to realize, oh, I don't really hate black people because I like this one black person. Right, right. And yeah. it's been surprisingly effective. Right. Yeah. He's like turned at least 25 people uh, to give them... He has a collection of uh, retired hoods and robes of KKK members. Wow. So that's what this documentary is about. And it's super timely. Yeah. <laughs> like he, uh, Matt has been working on this for a couple of years, came out last year, uh, debuted at South by Southwest last year, now on Netflix, had a debut on PBS also. And timely because we have a white nationalist uh, cabinet 
for the presidency. <laughs> right, right. So right. it's really interesting. <clears throat> and also because of things like Milo Yiannopoulos uh, getting getting shouted down, getting his uh, talks canceled at places and like his Berkeley. his book deal canceled, too. And his book deal canceled. Awesome. Uh, and Richard Spencer getting punched in the face. Yeah. And people kind of having these debates about, you know, decorum, like a lot, like liberals that just don't want to get in any physical confrontations. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really interesting given that. And I don't want to give too much away about it. I say watch it. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's also, I think, on, on iTunes and other sources. But... Um, it's very there is like a really interesting thing that happens about three quarters of the way through the movie, which uh, made me kind of like reevaluate the movie as I was watching it. Oh wow! So mm. I, I would say uh, definitely watch it. And next week we have a shortish talk with Matt. It'll probably end up being like thirty-five minutes or something once we cut cool. out all the uh, fat. So um, uh, yeah, the, uh, he's an interesting dude. We there's a lot of stuff to talk about with accidental courtesy. I think once you watch it, you're going to be like, "Whoa, I have a lot of questions." Uh, hopefully, some of them get answered uh, yeah. next week on the show. And didn't yeah, so hope, I'm, oh, didn't he also ahead, play Paco. with Chuck Berry, who just died, right? Just passed away. Yeah, he did. Uh, yes, uh, I believe that Daryl knew he's. I think in his 60s, and he was playing music in the 70s, so he's. Uh, been jamming for a long time and has, is acquainted with a lot of and has backed up a lot of uh, legendary musicians. So episode right. 54. Yeah, and that also kind of ties into Tickles as well in a way. Like the, right. all the monsters are people in right. the end. Interesting, yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. And that's going to be next week, yeah. A uh, short talk with a director. And that kind of leads us to our new sponsor, which is awesome, Guide Doc is SupDoc's newest sponsor, and thank you guys so much for yeah, that. Yeah, they're a great, uh, yeah, a great uh, app that is specialized in documentaries. A lot of international documentaries uh, you can sign up for, is it $3.99? $4.99. $4.99 a month, uh, only for iOS right now. Yeah. But uh, it's a great thing to watch on your phone, and they have updated new content all the time. Like, I just opened it, and one of the new documentaries that they have listed looks so interesting. It's called Men With Balls. It's from 2013, and it's a Hungarian documentary. So if you or I have not heard of this, it's probably because it's Hungarian. Uh, It's about the small, impoverished village in Hungary with 99% unemployment, and they got the funds to create a garden and a tennis court. So they're trying to, like, use tennis to, like, revive the economy of this tiny town in Hungary. Oh, crazy. It's a a 68-minute doc. So uh, it's going to be one with subtitles. I'm going to watch it uh, as soon as I can, and I'll let you know more about it maybe in the next episode of this. Oh, that's interesting. Awesome. You you know, uh, my uh, great-uncle is, like, the Trump of Hungary. (laughs) Really? Yeah. A great uncle. So, like, no living connections? Uh, I guess everyone's in Hungary that you would know? Uh, yeah. Uh, He's my you, dad's yeah. uncle. But, yeah, he is, like, a... Um, yeah, he's been... He's a politician. He was, like, this great athlete. He was, like, their best Olympian. So not like Trump. <laughs> so not like Trump, yes. But he's a complete, like, a nationalist and, like, um, right-wing oh, politician in Hungary. Andres Belzo oh. is his name. 
And yeah. he's still he's still around. He's still around. Still. If you go to game. Hungary, can you like go hang out with him? I probably Maybe you should do a doc about that. Oh wow, that's that's a pretty good, yeah. But <laughs> but anyway, so guidedoc.tv is their website, and you can download their app in the iTunes Store. Check it out. All right, and now here's a part of the show where we talk about what we've been watching. Uh, sometimes we're not going to be able to do a full episode on all of these, but I know Paco has a lot of time that he's made <laughs> to watch documentaries. Uh, Paco, yes. you had a huge list of stuff you've checked out. I haven't seen, I think, half of these. Uh, uh, what yeah. have you been checking out? Well, like I mentioned earlier, I'm watching Making a Murderer again. But then uh, in the last week or so, I watched uh, Beware the Slender Man. Oh, yeah. Say? I do want to see uh, that. That one was cool. I mean, I mean, it was like crazy, but it reminded me of that movie, uh, Heavenly Creatures. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, the first Peter Jackson, yeah. yeah it, or not yeah. the first, but one of the early ones. Right. Too. It has that feel to it. It also has a, are you fucking kidding me feel to it as well. <laughs> it's like, come on, you're fucking 12. Learn how not to stab your friends. Um, and it, it's well made. It's definitely well made. And it yeah. was, it was, but it, like, it's one of those docs. I, I feel like sometimes they run out of story. And so they're like, but what if he does exist? You know? I'm like, come on, please, stop it. Well, it was also kind of like, um, I, I think you ha- you had to kind of understand the the nature of that character and like how how it exists online and what the online sure. community is like. I think sure. it was it was, you know, less of like a murder mis or not a murder mystery, but like a crime and more of like how does something like this evolve online and is more of this going to happen now that more and more of us live online right. and are getting online earlier and get kind of wrapped up in these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, the internet's still kind of wild west. Um, Absolutely. You know, not so, as much as it used to be, but like so many more people are on it now. Yeah. So that's like a yes from both of you. That's a thumbs up. Most like definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right. I will try to watch that and we can catch up on it. <laughs> Maybe do a real episode. Maybe do a full episode yeah. on it, yeah. And it's on um, HBO, so you can check it out on HBO. Right. Uh, I, I want to recommend, this is something I watched a while ago, but I kind of think about it all the time. Um, it's this movie called Orion, The Man Who Would Be King. Oh, yeah. Oh, there is actually an interview with that director on TalkHouse also, which is interesting. Oh, really? On TalkHouse yeah. Film, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore, but it was on there a while ago, and I just kind of saw the cover and popped it on while I was eating breakfast and ended up <laughs> watching the whole thing. And man, it was fascinating. Yeah. It's basically, um, this fella, uh, Jimmy Ellis, who in, uh, I guess the seventies, he, you know, he kind of looked and sounded a lot like Elvis. Um, he did the same kind of music and he was kind of his own guy, but, um, you know, had he been born earlier, he, he definitely could have been an Elvis type person. Um, he was just kind of born too late and he was doing that kind of music after Elvis, uh, had already been around, but he did have a mildly successful career as like a sea level celebrity as this character or Orion, who was this masked character who was, you know, rising from the ashes and people were like, is he Elvis? Is um, it rockabilly music or is it like kind of rock and it, early rock and roll? It's kind of, it's, it's kind of like. It's yeah, it's a little, it's a little bit of that rockabilly, but it's also kind of like the Vegas Elvis. It mm-hmm. kind of becomes like the the jumpsuits and the. Mm-hmm. 
and the gospel stuff as well. Uh-huh. Um, but it was a fascinating documentary, and the guy was absolutely fascinating as well. Yeah. I um, just, I'm remembering now the interview is the director, and she's interviewing Penelope Spheris. So it's oh, a really wonderful. interesting talk, yeah. Because yeah, they talk about the, how the music scene and like they complement each other a lot. That's what those talk house uh, interv- interviews often turn into is just you know people just complimenting each other. Right. But <laughs> weird. But yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I especially enjoyed the Sam Phillips part of uh, mm-hmm. Orion the Man Who Would Be King because he's basically like, shit. If people think Elvis is still alive, we can say that we have all all this. Or basically, he was like, we have all this unrequ unreleased recorded Elvis material that he, they would have this guy sing and be like, this is, this right. is Elvis. Yeah. Well, they would okay. release it and be like, this is like Johnny Cash and friends. Right. And they would have him sing over like these old Johnny Cash or, or, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. It uh, sounds like a Tony recordings. Clifton scenario. Kind of. Yeah. 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 It is a really good documentary though. People should ch- definitely check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also watched, uh, Eagles of death metal, uh, mm-hmm. the Nos Ami however you say that, our friend's documentary. Very good. Emotionally draining. Um, the story Ooh. is incredible from the first-hand account of it. Um, and it's Colin Hanks, Tom's son. He made the documentary. It's mm-hmm. also on HBO. But it is something else, man. I'll tell you what. I, I am was not... Let's say I, 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 it's not that I wasn't a fan. I just didn't know their music. But after checking this out, I certainly... Um, became more of a fan of this band. I was like pretty interested. I didn't know their backstory at all. Um, so is it all about them or is it really centered around the terror attacks or is it It's mostly about that terror attack in France and yeah. Paris, but it goes into their background for sure. You learn a lot about mm-hmm. the lead singer and his relationship Josh Alm, yeah. Yep. And his relationship with uh, the drummer, the drummer guy from whatever that band is he's in. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was pretty interesting. I, I enjoyed it. But nice. like I yeah, said, it, Colin it, it Hanks. Yeah, Colin Hanks made that really interesting Tower documentary. Also, not Tower, Tower. Not yeah, yeah Tower, Tower Records. Records. Not Tower. Yeah. Uh, All things must pass. Is uh, yeah. Have you guys checked that one out? I I, I did because I I was I I contributed to the Kickstarter. Oh, you did. Okay. Years ago, mm-hmm. um, it took forever for that movie to come out. Um, but yeah, I got an autographed copy. Uh, Colin Hanks sent me an autographed copy for nice. throwing twenty bucks at it, and I got a record, which is an interview interview with somebody. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, they put um, the interview on vinyl. Yeah. Oh, nice. On a little uh, seven inch. Uh, Paco, I think you would like this movie because you've worked in record stores, you've worked in record labels. Mm-hmm. Both and uh, yeah, uh, t- I rem- Tower. I just was remembering something about Tower, which. It was a weird memory late at night, which was their magazine, Pulse Magazine. Oh, yeah, Pulse. When I was in high school, my fanzine got a write-up in Pulse, and that was, like, pre-internet. That was, like, pretty insane. The more I think about it, the fact that I was, like, 16, living in San Jose without the internet, and I got, like, this write-up, and I started getting mail from all over the world because of this Pulse Magazine write-up. And, like, that probably subtly changed like the course of what I would be doing with my life in a way. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, Tower had a huge uh, role in my uh, education in music. Pulse Magazine particularly had a really interesting history. They, they get to it a little bit in the documentary, but yeah. yeah. Well, see, it's, it's weird because like by the time I moved out here, I, that was, it was all gone. 
Yeah. You know, and it was just like, I don't have, I don't have a whole lot of connection to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the documentary itself, you know, there was back in Oklahoma city, there was like rainbow records and then, um, you know, uh, there was happy days. So we had our places, <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, I totally felt it and it was kind of cool to watch how big that thing got and how, how big of a scene, you know, and how small of a kind of a mm-hmm. record shop, uh, it, it was, I mean, not small, um, or just like it's Sacramento roots. Yeah. Right. Small of an operation it was and how it kind of exploded. That's cool. Um, yeah, it was fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're kind of wrapping up our time frame here, mm-hmm. so should we try to yeah. find a way to close? Yeah, sure. Well, um, thanks, guys, for listening. What do we got? Really yeah, abruptly. What do we got? Really abruptly, yeah. I guess, is what I decided. <laughs> so do we got any shows or anything coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks that we can uh, bring people to? Um, here's I've got... Um, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I got April 7th. Uh, we got Talkies. Nice. Uh, yep. Still I like going that show. On. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it, George? Uh, Have you been to a talking uh, show? I, you know, I'm curious about your new venue. Do you want to tell us about that? Uh, yeah, we got a brand new venue. Uh, we spent two months at Amato's uh, in, in SF, which was, they were wonderful there. David uh, D'Amato's house? Bum, bum, yeah, bum. Yeah, Amato's. Um, they hosted us there. They were wonderful, and we're kind of sad to go, but we are opening now at uh, the Lost Church. Yeah. Uh, in San Francisco in the Mission. It's on Cap Street, uh, right off the 16th uh, Street, BART, right around the corner. Awesome. Um, and yeah. we were there April 7th at 8 o'clock. And who's on this month? Oh, my God. I don't even know because we have been, <laughs> we're, we're like booked like three months out. And so I've just see, been seeing names and names and names. That is so uh, unlike how it used to be. It was like, well, we, we have, let's we have book to it now. the week of. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, the Lost Church, one of the many good things they've done is forced us to book out two months in advance, um, which is great, you know. Yeah, so and, can, and yeah, I feel like maybe like even like Paco, do you, or you've you've done talkies. Do you guys do you want to explain the format to people? Because most of the people listening to this probably don't know what that show is. Right, uh, talkies is a is a multimedia comedy show. Um, we've got uh, our hosts, uh, our our hosts, uh, Lance Smith, uh, Aviva Siegel. Uh, Scott Vermeer and Nick Stargue. Um It was originally started by George. Yeah, uh, me and Anna, Je- and Anna Sergina started that show, yeah. Yep. Uh, and uh, she's actually coming back in a, I don't know, in maybe in April or May. Nice. Uh, but she'll be, uh, she'll be back on the, uh, as a guest. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a multimedia show, a lot of PowerPoints, a lot of crazy videos and movies, uh, a lot of weird stuff. It's, um, we try not to do stand-up. Um, so a lot of characters, um, mm-hmm. and it's always evolving, which is which is fun. It's, fun. Yeah. it's a really fun show. I, I showed my behind the scenes with Mr. T. Uh, no, that was fun. On that show, that was lots of fun. Yeah. People should go definitely yeah. go see it. Uh, I have a show I want to talk about briefly, which is I've been running a monthly show at Giant Robot Gallery over on Sotel on West LA, kind of by UCLA neighborhood. We're near like the the new art. And uh, the old, the old cinephile uh, video store. Uh, but yeah, we have a show every first Thursday, so it's going to be April sixth coming up. And we've got Solomon Giorgio, who it was just announced he's going to have a Comedy Central half hour. They're taping in Austin. Nice. Uh, Kasim Bentley is going to do it this time. He was supposed to do it last time, had to cancel. 
so he's supposed to do it. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Jason Traeger is doing this show also, who's a comic from Portland, who I also know from back in the music scene. He actually used to work at the same record label I used to work at years ago. Uh, Eddie De La Sipe, who is a Toronto comic, is going to do the show. And uh, Jeff Wattenhofer, who was one of the people that helped run Holy Fuck and also run Sauce uh, Friday show down awesome. here. So that's a free stand-up show I do with Jesse Elias and Jessica Seely. So Cool. Free show. I have, uh, so April 19th at Doc's Lab, I have a new show that I've created called Spot On, which is essentially about a fake TV show uh, from the 80s, which uh, I call television's greatest summer replacement show. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called Spot On. It's with uh, my characters Sal Lieberman and Mitzi Lieberman, and it's a variety talk show. Um, but the huh. the premise is is that it, it was uh, a TV show in the 80s, and they've now taken it on the road. And it's called <laughs> Spot On, April 19th at Doc's Lab. And then nice. I'm curating a series of solo shows. I'm co-producing and curating a series of so- solo shows at the Exit Theater starting May 5th. Every Friday and Saturday at the Exit Theater, we have a different, different solo shows uh, premiering. At that, and I have mine called "Painfully White" about growing up a white kid in an all-black family. I'm just learning that Paco's white, you guys. <laughs> ah, it's hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you're my favorite Latino comic. I thought. <laughs> yeah, it gets deep, baby. Uh, so, yeah. well, this, nice. this has been fun. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. What's up? What's and then next up? week, next week, Matt Ornstein, uh, director of Accidental Courtesy. Uh, thanks, Will. Thanks, Paco. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. 